Welcome to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast, where we help entrepreneurs like you build the wealth and lifestyle you deserve. My name is Nicholas Jensen, bringing you the secrets behind the relationships, strategies, and mindset of the most successful people on the planet. Showing you how to collapse time frames in order to win at business, money, and the adventures of life. You don't know what you don't know, so I'm here to show how the wealthy live, think, and make their money grow. It's time to live the life that you deserve. I'm, I'm here to help. My, my name is Nicholas Jensen. And, and this is Unlimited Wealth. Hello, my friends, and welcome back to the Unlimited Wealth Podcast. My name is Nicholas Jensen. Hey, I'm super excited to bring you my guest today. His name is Carl Allen. He is the founder and creator of the Dealmaker Wealth Society. He's an expert in mergers and acquisitions of buying and selling small businesses, uh, not only across the country, but across the the world. He spent uh, about 16 years on Wall Street. He's done over 330 transactions worth about $48 billion. Uh, He knows the ins and the outs of buying and selling businesses. So if you are a business owner and are looking to sell your business, you're going to gain a lot of value from the information that he gives us today. If you're also looking to acquire businesses to increase your cash flow and to increase your wealth, you don't want to miss this episode. So please help me welcome my guest, Carl Allen. Hey, Carl, welcome to the podcast. I'm super excited to have you on here when, you know, talking about, uh, you know, I know your expertise is buying and selling businesses. That's super attractive to my audience, especially the business owners that uh, are looking to maybe set themselves up for the future, both for passive investments or maybe to liquidate their business. So, before we get started, would you mind just giving us ten thousand foot overview of where you come from, uh, what specifically you do, and then let's dive into the mergers and acquisitions of small businesses across the country? Yeah, perfect. So, thank you so much for having me on the show. Let, let me just give you quickly my, my background. So, I've, I've been buying and selling businesses. Uh, this is my twenty eighth year. So, I started in nineteen ninety two. I started in a Wall Street investment bank. So, doing mergers and acquisitions, buying and selling businesses the large corporates like GE, Boeing, IBM, Microsoft, et cetera. And then you know, I did that for a number of years, and then I went to business school, and then I ended up as a corporate M&A director for HP, the, uh, the massive um, computer business. So I was flying all over the world, buying and selling businesses for them. Some of these deals were, you know, were in the billions, so huge big companies um, that, that I was buying for them. And then my life completely changed inside of about five hours, in on the 1st of February 2008. So I was in a boardroom in Moscow. Uh, I was doing the final negotiations to, to close the deal. We were buying a business out there. And, uh, and my wife's calling me and I'm trying to hit the red button and she's still calling me. And when I answered the phone, um, she'd, uh, she'd gone into labor four weeks early. So we were having a baby son um, and he, he, he came four weeks early. So I had to literally uh, get out of Moscow and get back to the UK as fast as possible. So luckily, I had my my phone, my wallet, my passport on me, my luggage, my computer's still there. I've never been back. I ran out of the board meeting, held a cab, got to the airport, got on the first flight, police escort from the UK airport to the hospital, and I ran into the delivery room five minutes before my my son came out. So my son was born. He was tiny because he was really early. And I'm cradling this little guy in my arms and, and something flipped in my head. And I thought, you know what? I can't do this anymore. You know, I can't work for somebody else making them billions of dollars, even though I, I earned a lot of money doing this as a corporate soldier. Uh, I'd saved really well and I decided to retire and be with my family. And, and uh, I only lasted about three weeks. I needed to get back in the game. So I sat down with my wife, Julia, and I said, you know, what am I going to do? 
She said, well, you're one of the best in the world at buying and selling businesses, but, but that's your only skill set. You're a one-trick pony. So, uh, so why don't you become a business broker? So I did. I set myself up as a business broker, but instead of selling the business I found to sell, I ended up acquiring it, uh, and I bought that business using other people's money. I financed that deal without spending any of my own cash. So uh, that set me on a journey that I'm on today of buying and selling businesses and you know, I co-own a private equity fund on the East Coast of the US called Prox Capital Group. So we own a number of businesses in, in lots of different sectors. But, but my real passion is I have the absolute privilege of coaching and mentoring over 5,000 entrepreneurs and small business owners that want to follow my process. They want to learn how to buy small businesses using other people's money. So those are the, those are the two things that I do. That's awesome. When you look at... <clears throat> At business owners, a, a lot of the clients that I deal with, they have either are starting it or not starting a business, but they've got a business and they're growing that business. And their end goal is to sell that business and to liquidate it so that they can have a, a large sum of money to, to eventually retire off of, right? But statistically yep. speaking, and you know this, about 96% of businesses are either given away or the doors are, are just shut down. So from your perspective, being able to, to teach people how to buy and sell businesses, both for additional income and or being able to liquidate their business, let's talk about what do, does a business owner need to do in order to set their business up in order for it to be attractive to sell at some given, given date? Yeah, so that's a great question, Nicholas, and, and it's a challenging question as well because you know, you've alluded to the stats you know, the market statistics are, are really against small business owners. There's there's 2.6 million small businesses and change for sale right now in the United States with, with revenues sub $10 million. And 99.9% of all businesses in the world are, are sub $10 million. So you've got a lot of people that, that either have bought a business and then, then they want to sell it or they've started a business. Uh, they're either entrepreneurs or they could be baby boomers that maybe started a business 10, 20, 30, 40 years ago, or they inherited that business from, from, from their parents, like, like a family business. And only one in 11 of those businesses will actually sell within the first 12 months. As you've said, a lot of businesses get, get given away uh, to employees or, or to sons and daughters. But what's also really interesting is that there are a number of reasons why small businesses don't sell. And, and the number of businesses coming to market is exploding. Obviously, there's a lot of people that, um, you know, we're in coronavirus right now. A lot of people maybe have survived. They're even thriving through this pandemic. And they've decided, you know, they just don't want to own the business anymore. Or you've got baby boomers. There's 10,000 baby boomers every day in the US retiring, according to the Wall Street Journal. And tons and tons of them own small businesses because boomers they came back from the war and they decided yeah let's start a business you know and, and that's what they did so one of the biggest challenges that a lot of small business owners have is they don't separate themselves from the business so they actually don't have a business in my mind they have a job in their own business so all the systems all the processes they're all stored in their mind all the customer relationships that they have uh, are all personal. So if they were to leave a business, then the, all the goodwill in the business would, would completely evaporate. So when I'm talking to a business owner that decides it's time for them to consider selling, 
So there's two things I do with them. The first thing I do is I have them extricate themselves as quickly as possible from the day-to-day operations of their business. So if you own a company, there's only five things that you should be doing, right? You should be in the business every day, answering the phones, doing the work. You should have a management team or a GM that's doing that for you. If you own a business, so if you look at all the businesses that I own all over the world, there's only five things I do in any of my businesses. I do mergers, acquisitions, exits, which is selling a business, setting up joint venture relationships, and then I do the strategic visionary work of how I want the business to move forward and what I want to look like when I decide it's time to sell. I don't do anything else in any of my businesses because I'm not an operator. Um, So if you work like that and you own a business or businesses where you're not instrumental to the day-to-day operations, then somebody is going to want to buy that business because they're not relying on you for that business to work. So that's the first thing. The second thing that I have sellers do is to truly figure out ahead of time who they want to sell their business to. And what I mean by that is there are really two different types of people that a business owner can sell to. So if you want the most money, but the biggest headache, you will sell your business to a trade buyer. So this is likely a competitor of what you do. So let's say you own a $5 million engineering company. You could go out and sell your engineering company to a 10 or $20 million version of yourself. It takes a lot longer to close those deals. Yes, you'll get a lot more money, but you have a risk of the buyer gobbling your business up and potentially destroying all of the goodwill and and the legacy that you've built as becoming that business owner. They won't keep your name. They won't keep your brand. They won't keep most of your employees. But for some sellers, and I've surveyed this extensively, it's about 20%. They don't mind that. They just want the money. They want to lie on a beach. They're not that concerned about what's going to happen to their business. However, the 80% would rather sell their business to an individual or a team of individuals. Um, And that's called a management buyout. And what that offers is a lot of intangible benefits. So if you're really passionate about your business and you really care about your employees and your customers and your suppliers and your partners and, and you want to see your business thrive and go to a different level and you want to be able to see your you know the brand of your business so if you own a transportation company this is the first business i bought when i sat down with the seller i said to him you know what do you really want what's the perfect business for you you know the perfect deal he said i want to retire and i want to see my trucks going up and down the freeway every day and i want my my legacy of my business to keep going and that's when i realized that a competitor was not the right solution for him because they would come in, they would gobble that business up, they would get rid of all the employees, they would shut the business down and just take the customers and the assets and absorb them into what they've already got. So I always urge a seller to kind of have that conversation with yourself and and decide what's, what's more important to you. Is it money or is it the legacy and the safeguarding of your employees? 
Because once you figure that out, you can decide what sort of path you want to go down. If, if you want just the money, great. You go and hire a business broker. They'll create some documents around your business. Then they'll go knocking on the doors of all of the competitors in your industry. And, and you know, you're guaranteed to get you know, a good deal for your business, providing, of course, you, you've done the first thing I mentioned, which is uh, extrapolate yourself from the day-to-day operations. But if you really care about your business and your legacy and you want to see it continue in the way that you built it, then consider selling to an individual. It could be uh, somebody in your business right now, or it could be somebody that approaches you, um, you know, to acquire the, the business from you. Because what I've realized in my 20 years of doing this, when, when you're buying a billion dollar business, and, I, and I've done this loads of times in corporate, those deals are really all about financial engineering. You know, when you're HP and you've got a big share price and you, know, you can buy anything in sight. You're just offering the shares in your own company to buy a smaller business. That's what we used to do. But when you're a small business owner, it's a lot more about psychology. It's a lot more about really understanding what does the seller truly want. Um, and that's what a lot of people fail to realize. They think deals are at a small level are all about numbers. They're not. It's all about seller psychology the motivations for wanting to sell, and truly, you know, what do they want in this deal? What's going to be really important to them? Because if you can figure that out as a deal maker, and this is what I teach, this is how I coach people, if you can figure out what the seller truly wants in a deal, and you map the deal around that, you'll, you'll, you'll close deals. It's not always about numbers. So once you, I mean, finding out the psychology is obviously a huge piece of it, but as a as a buyer of a business. So if you want to sell a business, you, you've touched on some great points there, but let's say that I'm a business owner and what is attractive to me is being able to set up other investments that are maybe outside of my, let's just call it my original business that will help to replace the income that I currently make, right? And as a business owner, one, things that the, one of the things that can be attractive is getting multiple businesses, right? Yep. And but as a buyer, two things. One, what are some of the things you want to look for? And then the second thing that comes to my mind is being able to acquire a new business without being in the day-to-day activity of it, right? Yeah. And, but, it, but being able to find and or have the people that you can rely on yeah. to make sure that that ship continues to sell, right? That, that it stays afloat, it continues to produce cash flow, continues to produce revenues. Because I know one of the things that I personally struggle with, I've just got, I've got a couple businesses, smaller businesses, and I struggle with getting out of the day-to-day grind of, you know, doing stuff. Because oftentimes I'm just like, ah, I can just do it faster myself. And then I find myself, I'm like, crap. Yeah. <laughs> I need to be doing something else. So, so how do business owners do that? How do they evaluate a business they want to buy to increase their cash flow, increase their income, but not have to step into the day-to-day activity to make sure that it continues to run? Yeah. So, so that's a really good point. So there's a couple of things I want to dive into here. So the first thing is there's a difference between being an owner-investor like me and an owner-operator or an owner-manager that's literally in the business day-to-day. And you know, when I look at the people that I coach and I mentor to do deals, some of them want to buy a business and they want to go in, they want to run it. And that's, there's nothing wrong with that. 
But the problem is, if you're instrumental to the day-to-day operations of your business, if you're doing most of the work and everything has to run through you, then as a leader, it's going to be very, very hard to sell that business because as soon as you take yourself out, the whole thing's going to kind of dissolve. So it's massively beneficial to be more of an owner investor and do those five things that I talked about. So do mergers, acquisitions, exits, joint ventures, and then sure, do the strategic and the visionary and the cultural work with regards to where the business is going, but let the day-to-day operations be handled by by somebody else. That means then that business is going to be attractive to somebody to come in and buy it. You know, I would never acquire a company from a business owner that the business is is massively dependent on them unless they're happy to stay in the business for an extended period of time where I can transition the operations outside of their heads and into the hands of somebody else that's going to run it for me. And then when that happens, you're in the, the realm of something called seller financing. So you're not going to pay for the business all on day one because then the seller has no interest in sticking around you're going to pay them over time so they're heavily vested with you to stay in that business now when you're buying a business like that you either want to look for a business that is kind of pre-packaged and is ready for you to, to to put somebody in or you might need to partner with somebody or find somebody that, that can run that business for you now that could be somebody that's already in the business uh, it could be a number two it could be the operations director or somebody, they can step up and run that business for you. Or you might have to find them ahead of time through your network or through LinkedIn or through recruitment agencies. Uh, Find somebody that is ready-made to jump into that business and do the day-to-day work for you. So as a buyer, so if you own a business right now, there's really kind of two options. The first one is you can buy a business that's, highly synergistic to the one that you've already got. So instead of growing your business, let's say you own a business that's doing a million dollars in revenues and you started that business five years ago. To go from a million to two million organically, so that's you hustling for new customers and selling more to your existing customers, it might take you, say, three years to go from one to two. You could go and acquire another million dollar business inside of three months and double your revenues in a much shorter space of time. So if you own a business right now and you want to scale it, there's three types of businesses you can go out and buy. So you can go buy a competitor. So if you own a big lawn care company and you want to grow, rather than rather than growing by trying to do more marketing, getting more customers, go and buy the revenue. Go and buy the lawn care guy down the street or in the next town that wants to sell and then combine his business with your business and then you've, you've suddenly just doubled your business. The other type of deal that you can do is you can go and buy someone in your supply chain. So let's say you have an engineering company and a big part of your cost base is the raw materials or the components that you bring in to, to build what you build, then go buy that guy, go buy that company and then you're suddenly just capturing so much more of the margin in the products that you're selling into the marketplace. And then the third type of deal that you could do, and this is the most popular, is you buy something in a complementary market. So let's say you own a software company. So you sell software to customers. All of your customers, they need IT services for break fix and support and implementation and all those different things. So 
instead of letting them go and buy those services from somebody else, go and buy an IT services company. And then you can sell the services you just acquired to your existing software customers. And then those services customers that you bring in through that deal, you can sell your software to them as well. So you get this cross-selling of revenue. So it's like a one plus one equals three from the revenue perspective. But then it's like a one plus one equals five from the cash flow. Because when you bring two businesses together, there are tons of costs that you can take out of doing that deal. You might be able to consolidate office space. So you're saving on duplicate rent and property tax and maintenance, insurance and utilities. Um, there might be a doubling up of some of the employees in the business that you, you might not need. Um, so you can save money that way. Clearly, the owner's going to leave. They'll, they'll be the biggest drain on the cash flow of the business. Um, so that's going to add to the bottom line as well through the SDE. So that's a great way to exponentially grow your wealth and your net worth is grow your existing business by buying other businesses. However, if you just want to have other businesses with other passive streams of income, then, then clearly you can go and buy in, in whatever sector uh, really interests you. Or again, you can buy businesses within like your own ecosystem. So I, I owned a transport company once um, and I ended up buying a company that, that did fuel distribution because that was a big part of, of what I was doing. Um, I also then owned a, a big corporate uniforms company. This, you know, this was an eight-figure business, massive deal. And I used my transport company to do all the distribution to customers. So I was taking money from lots of different areas of, of the industry that, that, that I was in. So, uh, so doing deals can you know, do a lot of great things. Um, and obviously, as the owner of a business... Um, the cash flow that comes from that business is, is yours. And then obviously as you grow it and you extricate yourself from the day-to-day -day operations, somebody's then going to come in and buy it. And then obviously that's a, uh, that's a capital event, which in some cases can be truly, uh, truly life-changing. So you've, you've alluded to it a little bit, but in, in your conversations there, where's the best place? So, I'm a business owner. I want to acquire a new business. You talked about going down the supply chain, a competitor, but let's say that I just want to go buy a business. Maybe I exited a, a previous business and I'm, I'm like you, I'm looking for something to do at 37 years old. I want something else to do. I know I want to be a business owner. Where should people go to find these opportunities? Like where's the bet? Is there, is it business brokers or is it beating the streets? What do you recommend there? So there's four primary methods of generating deal flow. Uh, and I'll just quickly run you through them all. So where, where most new deal makers start, and there are advantages and disadvantages to it, is they go down the business broker route. So, so you and I could go on bizbysell.com right now, and you'll have deal flow in less than 60 seconds. So you go to bizbysell.com, there's about 100,000 businesses for sale on there. You'll say, okay, I want to buy a transportation company in the state of California between two and $5 million in revenues. And in less than 60 seconds, you'll have a big list of all of those businesses that are for sale. And you just go click, 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 click. You register, of course, first so they know all your details. You click, 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 click. Within 10 minutes, you'll have financials and 
deal memorandums and a whole bunch of different things like that. So, and, and there's also, there's tons and tons of broker websites. You, you just go out there, you Google business brokers, you can put comma industry or comma state or, or, or whatever. And there's, there's thousands of brokers out there and, and you can get, you can get a hundred deals in less than a day if you hit the business broker route. There's tons of them. But one of the, one of the challenges with, with brokers is they, they tend to inflate valuations of businesses and, and, and brokers, some of them are good, but a lot of them are very, very bad. It's not a regulated industry in most states. It's completely unregulated in the UK. Some states in the US like Texas, you know, it's a regulated industry. So brokers in Texas are, are generally really, really good. And um, it's, it's, it's difficult sometimes to work with brokers. So, so what I coach and mentor my, my people to do, my, my deal-making partners, is uh, to do three other methods. So the, the second method is uh, building a network. Because what's really interesting is if you're a small business owner, before you decide to push the button and sell your business, before you go anywhere near a business broker, there are five people in the world that you're going to tell. So the first person you're going to tell is your spouse. Obviously, we can't network with your spouse. But then there's four people that you can network with that you will tell that you want to sell your business. The first is your CPA. The second is your lawyer, your attorney. The third is your bank or your financier that's maybe partnering with you financially in the business. And the fourth is going to be your wealth manager. You're going to pick up the phone to your wealth manager and say, hey, Jim, you know, I'm going to sell my business this year or next year, um, looking to get around a million dollars for this thing. Uh, I'm going to have a million dollars that I want you to invest in the markets for me to generate long-term passive income. So if you're a deal maker and you want to go buy businesses, if you didn't bother with anyone else, you just called, you went on LinkedIn, or you, you, know, you contacted wealth managers all over the country, you're going to get tons and tons of deal flow because they will have clients that are primed, ready to entertain the sale of their business. And the wealth manager is massively incentivized to help you because they're thinking, well, great, you know, if this guy Carl buys this guy's business and you know, Jim gets a million dollars, you know, how much commission am I going to get from placing the money and the long-term commissions and all that? I used to own a, a wealth management company in, in Boston, so uh, you know, I, know, I know how it works. So just going out and talking to these, these what I call deal intermediaries is a great way of generating deal flow. And the secret to that, what is truly amazing, is those deals are off-market. So brokers don't know about them yet. There's not 50 buyers looking around this deal you've got a clear run at this deal and and the seller's going to think well okay this guy carl or this guy nicholas you know they're interested in my business why would i list with a broker why don't i go and see what they're going to do if i do a deal with them great saves me the time and the cost and the hassle of dealing with with, with brokers I, I can just do a deal with them so that's a really important methodology that, that, that we teach our students the third is leveraging social media. Now, this is amazing. When I started doing this in 1992, we didn't have Facebook, we didn't have Google, we didn't have LinkedIn. There wasn't even an internet. Uh, yeah, you know, we had an intranet within Bank of America that we used to use. We, we had Quotrons and stock services and all that different stuff. But, you know, there was no social media. You couldn't network with people outside of your close kind of circle. So, 
we, we teach our people to leverage social media, particularly LinkedIn. LinkedIn, and, and it's free. Like, oh my God, LinkedIn is a free tool. And the, the, the millions of dollars I have made personally from buying companies from LinkedIn contacts is incredible. So we do a lot of social media kind of leverage as well. And then the fourth point that we use is what we call the direct approach. So, so whatever industry that, that you want to go into uh, as a buyer, there are trade associations, there are lists of businesses available free online. You can go to go to the public library, download Info USA. Let's say you wanted to buy a web, let's say you're a web designer and you want to buy your own web design firm. You don't want to start one, you want to buy one. And you live in Chicago. You can go to Info USA and inside of about five seconds, it will give you a printable list of every web design company within however many miles of Chicago that you want to look. And it will give you their revenues, their profits, their cash flow, the names of the owners. And then you can write to them. You can contact them. You can email them or call them. Or, you know, I, I teach the, the, the kind of written approach. You send them a really clever old school rapport building letter. You tell them who you are, what you're looking to do. You tell them that you really like their business. You do a little bit of research, check them out online, see what they do, what clients they have, what awards they might have won. You know, check the business owner out on LinkedIn or Facebook, find out some things about them that resonate with you. And then you write to them and you tell them, you know, if they're a, if they're a White Sox fan, you know, and you are, talk about that. You know, if they used to work for Microsoft and you did, talk about that. And you build these incredible levels of rapport with these people. And then they're going to call you up and they're going to want to have a conversation with you. And even if they don't want to sell their business, um, you know, they will have people that they know in their circles that they might think, you know, sorry, Nicholas, not looking to sell my business right now. You know, thank you so much for the approach. But uh, my, my, my buddy, Steve, who owns a similar company to me, you know, he's thinking of selling. Why don't I give you an introduction. So these are some of the methods that, that, that we teach. You know, some of them I learned when I was a Wall Street guy. Some of them have developed through the big advancement and uh, sophistication of, of, of social media. But uh, this, to a large part, is a relationship-driven business model. So the more people that you know, the more deals that, that you will see. And, and you know, I, I bring people into my coaching program and, and they'll say, well, I don't even have a LinkedIn profile. Okay, well, here's how to build one. And go and connect with some people, wealth managers, CPAs, lawyers, you know, tell them who you are, what you're looking to do. And you know, within a week, they'll have a couple of hundred contacts and deals like coming out of the computer screen. So, uh, so those are some of the, the methods to go and get deals. This is, uh, this is great information. What about from a financial perspective, financing these deals, is it better to go through banks? Is it better to go through investors? What are most of these guys doing to acquire these businesses? Is it seller financing? What are your thoughts around that stuff? Yeah, so there are three primary methods to finance deals. So uh, I'll tell you what they are, then I'll, I'll describe them briefly. So the first one is seller financing. The second one is um, borrowing money using debt. So whether that's through the SBA or going to a traditional financier that will finance maybe real estate, fixed assets, accounts receivables, financing, all those different things. Or in some deals, so you, you can buy businesses often just using debt and seller financing. You can even do deals 
you know, I've bought businesses 100% seller finance. You know, I've not made any closing payment. And then the seller had maybe $30,000 of closing costs. They just took the cash out of the business that was surplus to use that to pay their fees. And then I just paid them over time by, by sharing the profits with them. You know, that that's something I do all the time. Um, often, though, uh, you might need a little bit of equity to go into a deal, never normally more than 10%. So, so let's say, you know, one of the best ways to buy businesses right now is, is via the SBA. So the SBA has something called the 7A loan program. And uh, you can do deals with the SBA up to $5 million in enterprise value. So that's a lot of money. There are not many businesses out there that are worth more than $5 million. So, so $5 million, um, even if you're paying a five times multiple, which is pretty high, the average, um, the average valuation multiple for a small business is, is just less than three. So let's say you find a business doing a million dollars of free cash flow and you're prepared to pay a five times multiple to buy that business, um, it's going to cost you $5 million. You can go to the SBA and they will loan up to 90%, of the purchase price to an SBA loan that you can pay back up to 25 years if the deal's got some real estate involved. So that's incredible. So for, for so 90% of that deal is coming through the SBA, you just need to put the, the kind of 10% in. Uh, sometimes you can split some of that with the seller, they'll carry a note. Uh, but oftentimes, you can go out and you can partner with an investor. So it could be a family office, or it could be an angel investor. There's massive angel investment networks uh, all over the world. But in the US, you go to an angel investment network, the angel investor will put the capital in, the equity capital into the deal, and they'll partner with you. You have to obviously give away some of the ownership. But then you have an angel investor in your board of owners that is probably going to know an awful lot about that business and the industry that it's in. That's why they're investing their wealth into businesses they know and they like and they can add value to. So then you have a sparring partner that's in your deal that's going to be able to add, you know, tremendous value. You know, I, I did a deal once. I, I, I owned a food company and I, I did this deal. Uh, it was a UK deal, so we didn't have the SBA, but we have similar programs. And, uh, you know, I needed about £100,000 in equity to close this deal. So I thought, you know, I'll, I'll maybe put £25,000, £30,000. My wife doesn't like me investing money in deals. Uh, she'd rather I do it without using my own money. But on this deal, it was a great deal. I put a little bit of my own money in. And I thought, well, I need a partner. So I, I went on the Angel Investment Network in the UK. I found this partner uh, who uh, was called Terry. So, you know, it was like in his 60s, retired, tons of money, multimillionaire. Um and, you know, he, he knew this industry. He knew the food industry. So I came in. Uh, he came in with me. And I remember we were sat at the closing table, which had done this deal. And uh, we were talking about how to grow this business. And his golfing buddy, his golfing buddy was the CEO of one of the largest food chains in the UK. And literally within a week, we had a contract to service that customer, which trebled our revenues 
treble. That was the value he was able to bring to the deal. Yet he brought cash into the deal, which was fantastic. It allowed me to buy it. But he brought not only industry expertise, but a Rolodex of customers. We, you know, we, we 5 x that business within two and a half years, and then we sold it. So he made a lot of money um, being my 50% partner in that deal. So, uh, so angel investors are phenomenal when you're buying businesses. And a, and a lot of deal makers, that they make a rookie mistake by saying, you know what? I don't want to give away any of my business. I'll find a way to do it without using any other investors. But those investors can sometimes add such incredible value to the growth of the business, the future of the business. And remember, the more you grow a business in terms of its profitability, the more it's going to be worth eventually when you want to cash out and you want to sell. That's uh, that's awesome. Do you do you find that some of these individuals that want to go down this road uh, hit psychological blocks as to what's what's possible? Like for, from the outside, you know, talking to a guy like you that's done it for thirty years, that's awesome. But but a lot of people have either started their businesses from scratch and just kind of learned over time, versus actually gone out and, and acquired other businesses. Do you see that there's psychological blocks that people run into and and yeah. what, what's your advice to them over that or how to overcome uh, those? Yeah. So, so deal-making mindset is arguably the most important skill to master. People think if I want to get into the business of buying businesses, I got to be a financial expert. You know, I got to have a Harvard MBA or I got to have worked on Wall Street or, or be a CPA. It's not. The numbers are the easiest part. Raising, financing, understanding deals is easy. The two biggest skills that you, well, the three biggest skills you need to learn are negotiation, which is really understanding what, what people want and building the deal around it. It's the, the skill of building relationships because that's where your deal flow comes from and your partners potentially come from. But the third and arguably the most important skill to master is the skill of dealmaker mindset. So the very first thing we do inside of our coaching program is we teach people how to build the dealmaker mindset. And it all stems down to one single thing. And the question is why? So what's really, so what I'm going to say to you now, you're going to think I'm crazy, right? But nobody wants to buy a business. Nobody wants to own a business. What we want as human beings are the benefits of becoming a business owner. So it's wealth creation, it's cash flow, it's freedom, it's work-life balance, it's pride, it's insurance, it's assurance. You know, I'm never gonna get furloughed ever again because I own the business. I'm never gonna be let go because I own the business. You know, I can go to my daughter's ballet class, I can take my son for soccer, I can have date nights with my wife. I don't have to work for anybody else. Um, so what I tend to find is the people in my program that really smash this is they have a real burning desire to want to get out of the pain that they're already in. So like, think about me in 2008, I was trapped working for somebody else. I was earning half a million dollars a year. So I, I was earning a lot of money, but you know, I was working 90 hours a week flying all over the world. I, I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. I chain smoked. I was practically an alcoholic, you know, 
I'll tell you, as my new buddy, I wasn't having any sex with my wife. How on earth we made a baby is, is that, that's a mystery to me because my wife hated me. I was never around and I had a terrible family life and a terrible work-life balance. And that was so painful to me that I needed to do something to get out of that. So I, I became so motivated to become a business owner and, and do my own deals. And the people that really crushed this inside of my network are the people that they have similar sort of pain. And, and what's interesting is in, in life, so I've just talked about doing deals, but what I just talked about applies to anything in life that you want to do. So I see so many people that, you know, they're 50 pounds overweight, right? And what's crazy is they never do anything about it. You know, they hate it, but, but they don't have that purpose, that why, that, that fuel and motivation to change. But then something will happen to them. Their wife will leave them or, or, you know, they'll have a health challenge. And then all of a sudden, boom, they are massively incentivized to make that change. Something's triggered that action to do this. And, and that's what we do with our people. We, we help them really kind of figure out what that is for them. Because you know, anything in life, especially where you can make a lot of money, it's not easy. You know, there's so many people out there talking about these get-rich-quick schemes. You know, you can buy these stocks or these trade these options and you can make a gazillion dollars in four minutes. They don't work. Nothing in life that's worth doing it, it is free. You know, things, you know, buying a business, it's not hard. It's just not easy. It takes time. You've got to train. You know, you've got to be disciplined. You, you know, you've got to follow the rules. You know, you, you, you've got to hustle. You, you've got to go for it. And, and those things take, you know, there'll be times in deals. There'll be times in the process where it gets tough. And if you don't have that drive, and that why, that purpose to kind of push through, you'll give up and you'll go on to the next new thing and then the next new thing. And then you'll wake up in 10 years and you're exactly where you are today because you didn't have that burning heart to push you through when things get tough. So, so that for me is the single biggest thing that, that we have our people master. And once you've done that, um, it does become um, a much easier process. Carl, this has been uh, this has been awesome. I think the the value that business owners are going to extract from this, um, if they've really listened to you and really grasped what what you've given them, it could be a game changer for them. You know, not only in their business but in their life in general. So, this has been great. How do if people want to connect with you? How do they get a hold of you? How do they maybe learn a little bit more about what you're doing? What's the best way for them to to reach out to you? Yeah, sure. So for people that are curious, um, you know, what I'm saying to people is, you know, don't dive in and join all of our programs and, and, and learn all that stuff. So there's something that there's a really kind of super low cost option, like a $5 option for people to, uh, to learn a lot more about this. And, and it's actually to, to get a copy of my book. So I have a book on Amazon called uh, Zero Down Business Buying Secrets, um, published by my, one of my companies, which is Dealmaker Wealth Society. Uh, I'm going to give you guys a $5 link to jump in and get a copy of that book. I'd happily give the book away. But what I found is when you give somebody something for free, they won't read it. They won't yeah. value it. Just $5, um, you know, it's the cost of a Starbucks. You're going to read it. And I break down my 10-step business buying system in this book. So, uh, so the link is trainwithcarl.com 
forward slash unlimited wealth, which is all one word. So that's trainwithcarl.com forward slash unlimited wealth. So read the book, tell you a bit more about my life story, loads of examples of deals that I've done. I break down my 10-step system. People have bought this book and have gone and done deals. But and I, I hope everybody that buys this book goes in and closes deals. But if you want a little bit more training, if you want to join uh, one of our, our coaching and mentoring programs, there'll be a bunch of options for you to follow up on at the end if this is something uh, that you want to do. And if you're, a, if you're a business owner and you're looking to sell your business, what's really interesting about this book is I tell you how buyers think and I tell you how buyers operate. So knowing how a buyer is going to look at your business and potentially approach a negotiation to buy it, you're going to be two or three steps ahead of that buyer because you're going to know exactly what they're looking to do. That's uh, that's awesome. We and I'll I'll link that. Uh, I'll make sure that links up in the show notes and and things like that, so people can get that book. And uh, you know, if it's a right fit for them, they can they can definitely move forward. But again, Carl, this has been awesome. I appreciate your time. Any uh, parting words you want to to share with the audience before we go? So just just one thing. You um, you may have noticed I'm I'm in my library um, in in one of my offices, and uh, and I have a saying you know, leaders are readers. Um, and, and it blows me away just how little uh, business owners and entrepreneurs actually read these days. Um, you know, they're always on Netflix and Facebook and doing all these things. So read, doesn't matter what you want to do in your life, you know, become a reader, you know, read my book. That's a big recommendation. But then, you know, read books on marketing, read books on mental resilience, you know, read autobiographies of people that have done amazing things in life. Because you know what I know? success leaves clues and if you want to do something amazing in a particular whatever go and read about somebody that's done it and model how they did it uh that's the best way to learn anything cool hey thanks so much carl uh we again i can't uh i can't express how how valuable this this information has been to people we really appreciate it and uh everybody that's listening reach out to uh Carl, grab a copy of his book. If it's a, if it's a right fit for you, uh, you know, reach out to him and see how else he can help you. But until next time, have a great week and we'll talk to you then. See ya. Hey, real quick. Are you a six or seven figure entrepreneur who is making great money, but like so many other unwealthy successes, you're not seeing your wealth grow? If so, I can help. Head over to nicholascjensen.com forward slash wealth and take my free wealth building assessment now. Learn how to become a strategic investor and start building the wealth you and your family deserve. Again, that's Nicholas, the letter C, Jensen.com forward slash wealth. We'll see you next time on Unlimited Wealth.